Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. This week, many people around the world are celebrating a holiday called Valentine's Day or the Feast of St. Valentine. And here are some fun, some fun facts about Valentine's Day. Americans spend approximately, catch this, $25.9 billion, that, that's B as in old boy, on Valentine's-related purchases. And that, that's from 2023. Americans purchase in the ballpark of 58 million pounds of chocolate. For Valentine's, and I know where some of that went. Not including classroom Valentine's. So not, not the kitty Valentine's. Approximately 145 million Valentine cards are exchanged each year. So this is some facts that came from a place called uh, Greeting Card Association. Now, many mysteries surround the origin of Valentine's Day. People debate you know, when exactly it started and, and who it actually began with. And so I'm not bringing this out today as though if this is historically accurate. I'm just trying to give us some of the origins. I think that's important to catch. The most common origin story is the legend of St. Valentine. Now, he was believed to have been a priest and he lived during a time when uh, the emperor Claudius II, uh, three century, the Emperor Claudius was all about, he believed that soldiers were better soldiers if they weren't married, if they were single men. And so Valentine realized all these people wanted to get married and they wanted to be, you know, holy before God. So he would marry them in secret. And when Claudius found out, he got a little upset, had him not only arrested, but thrown in jail to be executed. And there he did get executed. There's mystery as to whether or not there was more than one St. Valentine. They believe there was two. Some people even want to go all the way to three. I believe more probably the accurate would be two uh, Catholic priests with the name Valentine. Well, it's interesting because another story talks about that Valentine got in trouble because he was helping Christians escape out of Roman jails. And in getting out of the Roman jails, they caught him. And so he got thrown into prison again to be executed, decapitated. But somewhere in there, the jailer believed in the things of God. And he asked Valentine to pray over his daughter. She was blind. And that apparently in the legend that he prayed, Valentine prayed over the daughter, she got her sight. And something kind of romantic was going on. She would seek secretly bring food into Valentine. And his last letter before he would be executed, legend says that it said, from your Valentine, i.e. the first Valentine greeting card. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that interesting? Now, we, we don't stop there. We continue to go on through history, and we find out that St. Valentine's is actually has its roots in paganism that this holiday was designed to replace the celebration, and I may not get this word correct in, in its pronunciation, uh, Lupercalia. 
Now, it was from a guy named by the name of Luper, but Lupercalia was, was a yearly pagan celebration about the women, the young women, becoming fertile. There would be animal sacrifice and ritual and a lot of bunch of other stuff, but because of mixed ages in here, I'm not going to get into it. It was very scandalous and it was very not acceptable in our society today. There comes in that pagan belief that festival was in the roots of eroticism and, and, and it was just really messed up. You guys remember a guy by the name of Cupid? Do you know that Cupid's real name is actually Eros? Isn't that interesting? We'll be talking about the word arrows again a little bit later today. And, and it, you know, the guy who shot the arrows and all that fun stuff. And um, he was actually the child of, of his mother was Aphrodite. You can't make this stuff up. And she was a pagan goddess. So Cupid was that icon of romance and quote-unquote cuteness. But others who know the history are aware that he represents the ancient Roman god of lustful desire. But now it's time, I want to make a pivot away from this holiday. And I want to launch into a different kind of love that God wants us to have. Something that is more than just some kind of holiday love. And the first one is, Eros, E-R-O-S. This is that Greek word for romantic, for passionate love. That's where we get the word erotic. This is the kind of love that the book of Song of Songs actually uses and speaks about. It's our world today that takes something that God ordained in the privacy of the marriage bed to be something that He created. To be used properly. And yet our world decided to make it all about lust instead of how God designed it to be. The world misunderstands. The world misuses Eros love. And it confuses it as being the same expression that we use for godly love. Now, there's another word in the Greek. Now, it's not typically, I don't think it's anywhere in the New Testament, but it's still a word that was used by the Greeks, and it's called storge. This is really more of what we would call a familial love. It's the kind of love that a mom would have for her children, a father would have for the children, the siblings would have for each other, that families have for each other. That's why when mom... How many know that there's power breaks and then there's mama power breaks? Remember when you were little, folks? I remember when I was little, I'd be, sitting, I'd be standing in the front seat in the middle next to mama. And she would hit the brakes and then she would hit her right arm brake. Right across my chest. Why would she do that? She wasn't trying to harm me, she was trying to store gay. Her love of protection for her child. Now, it's interesting. In Romans chapter 12, there's the word phileo storgos. And it's a compound word of taking phileos, which is a noun. Okay? 
and then storge. And they bring those two words together. And we'll talk about phileo in a second, but it's brotherly love. But in Romans chapter 12, and I'm using the Amplified for this part, verse 10, be devoted to one another with authentic brotherly affection as members of one family. Give preference to one another. It's not in your notes, but I like it also in the King James. And it says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Do you know that it's, it's why they call the city of Philadelphia the city of brotherly love? See, there's something dynamic in this. But in Storge, it's talking about not, not only the family kind of love, but also this friendship kind of love. It's kind of like where we get the term blood brother. There's brotherly love, there's family love, and in here he's trying to say, it's why you call your friend that's so close to you my brother from another mother. You see that? Now, in agape love, th this love refers to the love of God. It's the very nature of God. It says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not... Did you catch that? If you don't love, you don't know God. What? If you're mean and rude and obnoxious... That's not loving. Well, I, I, just, I, I just had to say the truth. It's true. No, you're obnoxious. Be loving. Be considerate. Be kind. Be generous. These are attributes of Jesus. Verse 8, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Yeah, He is love. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Wow. This kind of love, it's based on the character of God. Not on our feelings. It's called a sacrificial, an unconditional, and unchanging love. You understand, when somebody messes up, we don't get to say, well, I'm done with you. Oh, it got quiet in there. Ever been so offended? Ever been so violated? That when it comes to agape love, you just want to drop them? Do you know what he's not saying in this? He's not saying, I have to like that person. He's not saying I have to be okay with that person. What they did. He is saying, in spite of all the ugliness, besides all the betrayal, 
all the stabbing in the back, I could still love this person because I was an enemy of God before He allowed me into the family by the blood of Jesus. You don't have to approve. You don't have to accept it as it's okay. But you do have to love the way Jesus loved you when you were an enemy of God. You know, it was unpleasant for Jesus to go. He didn't want to go to the cross. Who lied to you and said Jesus wanted to go to the cross? Don't you remember the garden? Don't you remember Him? Where the Bible talks about droplets of blood because of the anxiety and the stress was so profound. Droplets of blood were coming on His forehead. What did He say? Lord, let this cup pass! But not My will. Thy will be done. Why? Agape love. I don't want to love my enemy. I don't want anything to do with them. Am I the only one here? Why does God say that? He knows what that's like. But He still says, love. What does that mean? I'm committed to loving that person. I don't have to be best friends. I don't have to break bread with them. But I'm still going to love them. I'm still going to show them the love of Jesus through me towards them. I'll be courteous. I won't be rude. I won't throw a zinger. I won't have an anonymous email or anonymous something on social media just to say something mean and in their social media. Don't play games. It only hurts you. He wants agape out of you. Agape. It's unconditional. It's hard. But who said being a Christian was easy? By the way, anything that easy doesn't have great value. Anything of of great value, it's probably been some blood, sweat, and tears. Some hard effort for that. Agape is shown by action. For God so loved the world. Woo! Feel all the emotion in that? What's the next part? For God so loved the world that... Do you catch the action? He gave. He gave what? His only begotten Son. As what? He didn't say, hey, well, here, here, you can just have a son, let him sit at your table. No, no, no. He says, I gave him for what? As a sacrifice. He would be beaten. He would be flogged. Beard ripped out. Couldn't even recognize his face. Do you think he did that because he just didn't care about his son. That's why it says his only begotten son. You understand the meaning of what that would mean not only today, but what it would have been to the, to the hearers of that day in the Bible? Powerful love has action behind it. 
mother who loves her sick baby will stay up all night, all day, all night the next, all day the next, on and on and on. Why does she do that? In part because of storge, familial love, but she does that because of agape. The baby didn't ask. The baby's just sick. And that mama knows exactly what to do. Sacrifice herself on behalf of that baby. Doesn't that sound like your father? Your heavenly father? Agape. The point of agape is that it's not rooted in feelings. Even though there are feelings, it's not rooted in feelings. It goes beyond that. It's deliberate. It's, I commit. It's like covenant on steroids. It's a deliberate choice. That's why God told us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, not in your notes, but if you want to write it down, God actually commanded us to love our friends. No, He told us to love our enemies. You want to know why? Because I cannot phileo my enemy. I can't. Neither can you. But I can agape my enemy. I cannot phileo have a brotherly love, have this deep friendship love with my enemy. That's not possible. But He's not asking me to phileo my enemy. He's asking me to deliberately choose to love my own enemy. In spite of my feelings, in spite of my betrayal, in spite of all that hurts deep within. Oh, love. The way Jesus loves. In John 14, verse 21, it says, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who, say it with me, love me. me. And, And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. The way that we love God is that we keep His commandments. We're obedient. There are Christians today who say, I love God. They they love all the atmosphere about church and they love all that there is about Christian music and all that fun stuff and it makes them feel good. But the question still remains, Marvin, do you obey? More importantly, do you obey God in your heart when nobody is looking? Oh, pastor, you just got personal. But it is personal with the Lord. Because that demonstrates my obedience to do that, your obedience to do that, really demonstrates one thing, that I love Him. I'm not a pretend Christian. It says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. What's the first one? Love. Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Now in this verse, the aspects of one of the fruit of the Spirit is agape love. Now let's look at John chapter 13, verse 35. Again, from the Amplified. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you say it with me. Love and unselfish concern for one another. Agape love. 
It should be the distinctive characteristic of followers of Christ. So let's go into this phileo. We keep talking about it. Let's, let's just go and move into phileo. Now, phileo love. Remember, whether it's, it's eros, or storge, or agape, or in this case now, phileo, these are all Greek words. Sometimes we forget to tell people that the New Testament primarily was written in the language called Greek. Okay? So the problem with it is that sometimes we see things and we think we understand things because we read it in English, but English doesn't translate well into Greek. For instance, there's at least four words for the word love. And we use love for all of them in English and only one word. I love pizza. I love tacos. And then we say, and I love my wife. Man, we are messed up. I love my wife like I love a burrito? Hello. Let me bring you back to phileo. I know you guys are giggling, but let's go with this. The fourth kind of love is phileo, which means to have a close brotherly bond. To have a close friendship. There's no arrows connected to this kind of love. Actually, David and Jonathan had phileo love. It's horrible that the homosexual community tries to say that they had something like that. Again, they, they're, they're taking it out of context of what the actual language means when it says that they loved each other. We've got to be careful. We'll misread things, mistranslate things if we don't know the original language of the manuscripts of the Holy Bible. The word phileo implies a strong emotional connection. And thus we say things like I said earlier, my brother from another mother. Why? Because I'm trying to say that I love you just as if you were my blood brother. You happen to be born to a different family, but I love you just like I do my own blood. I phileo you. Wow. What does that mean? I'll lay down my life like I would for my own family. So, please catch that you really can Agape your enemies, but you can't phileo them. I know I preached that earlier, but I want that to really resonate. My enemy, I'm not expected to be blood brothers with, but I'm expected to be agape. The difference between agape and phileo, it's really kind of spelled out here in this text of John chapter 21. And it starts at verse 15. Now let me give us a little background here. Now we know the story of Peter and, and as Jesus is, is being falsely accused and illegal court proceedings in the middle of the night, which again was another breaking of the law. You weren't allowed to do things in the middle of the night in, in the cover of darkness and, and whatnot. And... Prior to that, before it all starts going down, Peter tells Jesus, all of these disciples 
can fail you, but I won't. Because I, I agape you. I'm all in. I won't deny you. I'll fight for you to the death. Hey, do you catch that? And Jesus says, <laughs> you know, Peter, before the rooster, and do you know that parts of it said twice? The rooster would twice? Why? Because roosters crow, for those who are farming, you know this, at midnight they crow. And then again at daybreak they crow. Did you catch the, that time span? It was within that same time span of those two crowings of the roosters that he denied Jesus three times. He even used profanity. And then when the second rooster crowed, he ran in shame and despair and guilt. He decides to go back to his old way of life. I'll, I'll just be a fisherman. I'll, I'll just have to try to forget all of this and, and just try to find a way to make a living for my family. Some of the guys are with him and they're fishing. They can't catch any fish. And who but Jesus like once before? Hey, you got any fish? No, we don't. All right, take that net and throw it on the other side. You crazy, Jesus? But they threw it on the other side. And they had so many fish, the nets were breaking. And then Peter realized it was Lord. He grabbed his tunic, tied it around him, and he jumped in. Swam all the way to shore. And Jesus there, he has the coals going, he's got the fish all, he's got breakfast. Breakfast for champions. And now they're all eating. And now we're picking up the story. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah. Notice he's not calling him Peter. Remember, he had renamed him. He renamed him the Rock. Rocky. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Remember I told you that we see the word love and we immediately go into our English conditioning. But here, let me use a correct word. Simon, son of John, do you agape me more than these? Unconditional. Sacrificial. Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I phileo you. Did you catch that? Then feed my lambs, Jesus told them. And Jesus repeated this question. Simon, son of John, do you agape me? It's the second time. Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I phileo you. Then take care of my sheep. Jesus said a third time, he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you agape me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. Why? Because Peter would say, I denied him three times. Peter might just say, I could hear the rooster 
crowing just as he asked if I loved him three times. I could hear that rooster again. I'm just saying phileo because I'm not worthy of agape. I'm just saying that. Can we just be friends, Lord? I so screwed up. I blew it. And now you ask me a third time. I went fishing because I didn't want to be connected to the ministry and heart your name and your resurrection. He said, Lord, you know everything. Did you catch that? You know everything. You know my guilt, my shame, my, my condemnation. You know everything. My insecurities, my faults. You know that I phileo you. And Jesus said, and feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands. And others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. And Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, catch this, oh, catch this. Three times he asked him. And then finally on this last one, he tells him how he's going to die. By the way, he dies on a crucifix upside down. Because I'm not worthy to die like my Savior, he says. Hang me upside down. What were the last two words he says to Peter? Follow me. Remember how it all began three and a half years earlier, Peter? When you were there fishing, you couldn't catch any, and the, God, the Lord told you, grab those nets and go fishing again. And you came back and you said, get away from me, I'm not worthy to be around you. And what did he say? Follow me, Peter. And you followed him for three and a half years until the resurrection. And here it is again. He's crying out saying, follow me. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep, feed my sheep, follow me. Wow. In this example, you can see that this whole passage sounds so different when you take out the word love and just put agape, when you take out the word love and you put phileo where it's supposed to be. It completely sounds different, doesn't it? So why did Jesus use agape and Peter phileo? Jesus asked Peter if he loved him with the love of God. A love that required Peter's sacrifice. Even a sacrifice over his guilt. Even a sacrifice over his shame. After all, Jesus had just gone through all of this horrendous torture. Not just for us, but for Peter. And on the other hand, there's Peter who still felt the sting, who still felt the, the, the shame of denying Jesus three times. And he was just hoping, just, could we just be friends? In Peter's mind, he may have been wondering 
Was Jesus against him? Was he going to come after me? He would have every right to be. I mean, I get offended and I cut off somebody's ear. So why wouldn't he have every right to come after me? Peter had to be unsure as he stood before Jesus. The third time Jesus asked Peter if he loved me, there must have been no doubt what Jesus was doing to Peter. I know scholars want to say something different, but, but they're just not being intellectually honest. There's no doubt in my mind. So the question I have for you, can you, do you, Relate to Peter? Have you let down the Lord? Were you let down yourself? Were you let down some family and maybe some close friends? Maybe you've tried to forget about it. Tried to ignore it. Maybe you're so ashamed about it that you just hope nobody would remember. And maybe you're convinced there's no way to ever, ever fix it. Well, I have a question for you. It's the same question from the Lord Himself. Do you love Me? Jesus says. Be My sheep. Do you love me? Feed my lambs. Do you love me? Agapo. Feed my sheep. And child of God, follow me. Follow me. That's what Christ is saying right here, right now, to me, to you, to all of us. The big question is, how are you answering that? Oh yes, Lord, I phileo you. Right now. God wants us all to have those four kinds of love. The eros, the storge, the agape, the phileo. He wants them in our marriages. He wants it in our relationship with other family members, with friends, with brothers and sisters in Christ, and even with the stranger. And God wants your complete agape to Him. So Lord, as we pray right here, right now, and we close our eyes, we bow our heads, can we just be really real? Yes, it's fun to watch big games and, and to look at life and have some fun, but there comes a point in time where eating the food around the fire, there will come a point when you ask those big questions. And we have to be real with ourselves and with you. And the big question is, do we really love you, God? Do we love you? Do we love you. And if you can relate to Peter, 
you can say, I know if I'm being honest before God, that He knows where I've messed up, where I have failed, where I have sinned, where I have tried to hide, where my secret nobody knows. But I know You know, Lord. And I want to say more than phileo. I want to say agape. Father, I just pray for each and every person. Lord, we're all raising our hands and I just pray, God, that we say we we receive Your forgiveness. We're not worthy of the cross, but we receive it. We're so grateful for all that You've done. Lord, I pray that we would not just phileo you because of our humanness. We believe it's, there, there's something about our, our, our weakness that we think we can't have all of you, and yet you're saying, do you agape me? Agape! So Lord, help us where we come up short. God, help us to give all, to be all in. And in the end, Lord, we'll have that true relationship You've always desired with us. And then we can love others the way You want us to love others. And not just You. Lord, I pray blessing on each and every person asking for forgiveness. Blessing on each and every person saying, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. And today, with the Lord's help, I agape my King. Blessings in Jesus' holy name. And we all say, Amen. Amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.